0: morning, everyone out there in podcast land, or am I in podcast land and you're in just your normal daily life? I don't know, but hopefully, well, no, I mean, it doesn't matter, but maybe you're one of the cool cats who it's Friday morning and you're just like, hey, I want to listen to these guys. And first thing, you're listening to us. Good morning to you, morning. sir and madam, whatever you prefer. I've got my coffee here. Cheers to you. You can't you can't see me at all. But I'm gonna sip my coffee. All right. I don't know how to intro and I don't know how to outro. So I just kinda stumble in like Kramer. Eesh. Yeah. The not I, racist version.
1: Yeah, the not so obnoxious version. <laughs> I don't know. I know Seinfeld's like a super popular show and I like Seinfeld. I'm just not a fan of Kramer's character.
0: Uh, Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say you're not a fan of Seinfeld in general and I was about to be like, wait, what? Who are you?
1: Yeah. You just know me. I'm not, I don't, I don't like obnoxious behavior. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't like comedians who are super obnoxious.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I think he kind of balances the rest because, well, maybe not. I was gonna say everyone else is so normal on the show, but that's not true because they are. All, they all have like their huge character flaws, and they all go off the rails at times. Um, but I feel like they're all more grounded than Kramer. Kramer's. Just this anomaly. He's definitely just like a character created mm-hmm. for a TV show. I, I get how that would be annoying because he's also like at times he's just absolutely perfect. Like everything he does works. So he's almost like Mr. Magoo in that sense. Um but other times he just like screws everyone over and Yeah, yeah, he he's a very strange character. Anyways, we don't necessarily have to go into the Dow of <laughs> Seinfeld. No, I'd rather but, not. <laughs> um, no, it's it's a good show. I'm I mean, if I were to be completely honest, it's probably a little overrated in that I don't think it's the greatest show of all time. Um but I like it. It's was good. Got a lot yeah, of crazy funny. classic uh, episodes. I think the term double dipping actually came from Seinfeld, which is insane. I could be wrong really? on that. But they have a whole episode where the, they go to this party and someone is double dipping. And they just get all up in arms about it. Like, why would you do that? Just turn around the carrot or the chip or whatever it is and dip again. Don't dip same part that you just bit off of. Now you've contaminated <laughs> this dip. See, it's all very mundane stuff. That's Seinfeld. That's why it's funny. Anyways, Seinfeld, everyone.
1: Is not our topic of the day.
0: Not what we're planning on talking about.
1: So, talk to me. <laughs>
0: That's the name of the podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. What did you want me to say? What did you want me to talk about?
1: Oh, well, we actually both had the same topic to talk about, which is kind of funny.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I feel like for the past couple of weeks, we've had episodes kind of planned in advance of like, okay, this is the big thing that we want to tackle. So maybe we'll do a little research or something. And then this week, it was like, it was yesterday, <laughs> the day before this recording, because I felt like, well, my week, here, I'm, here I go on a rant I have been very busy lately with stuff at work. You have been. And so um, I just feel like I haven't had very much time to stop and think about many things. I've just kind of been going. And and there's some really cool stuff happening at work. Like, I'm super excited. We just got a new senior pastor who started his first, um, well, his first week behind the pulpit was this week. Um, so we had a big service that combined all the other services. Anyways. Um, just lots of cool stuff happening and I feel like I've been just hit the ground running and I haven't had much to like think about to yeah to be able to stop and think lately Um, so I felt like I didn't have anything to talk about until I started thinking about it yesterday and then we were texting while I was at work and Samantha was like what do you want to talk about and so I was thinking about it and I was like I think it'd be cool if we talk about music and while I was writing that out samantha texted me and and you said basically the same thing yeah <laughs> you're like i don't know why i just i was thinking we could talk about music i was like wait what <laughs> that's seriously what i'm saying right now we have a little bit of different perspectives but um yeah so music music is cool
1: yeah it's pretty awesome
0: i dig music <laughs> And I'm
1: on drugs. (laughs) No, he's not. He's not on
0: drugs. No, that's a a reference. Almost famous. Yes. That's my favorite movie of all time, by the way. I know it's not the best movie of all time, but I just love it to pieces.
1: I know you do. (laughs) And it is a good movie. Yeah. I would suggest watching the theatrical version and not the extended edition.
0: Oh, but there's that that really funny scene uh in the radio. Um
1: Yeah, but there's also nudity in the extended edition.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. We always just skip over that, so I never remember that that's there. You're right. <laughs> Dang it. <sighs>
1: um but anyways. Uh so yeah, music. What kind of music do you like, Joshua? Oh gosh.
0: I like rock and roll music.
1: That's a pretty broad <laughs> genre there.
0: Yeah. I feel like everything comes back to that. It, it, excuse me. All the types of music that I like kind of stem from that though. I'll I'll go out of that for some um for some types of music, obviously. I, I just I don't want to be one of those guys who says, oh, I only like X, Y, Z. But I also don't want to be one of those guys that's like, I like absolutely everything. Because I don't. I don't. There's some music that just like gets under my skin, and I hate it. <laughs> um, and that's cool. So that that's why I say rock and roll. I mean, it just.
1: Sorry, just I just a thought lot. about that it's a lot. scene in Parks and Recreation where sh- they're on the radio show, and he <laughs> plays that one band, and they're just awful. And yeah, Leslie's like, this is awful. And he's like, they are lesbians, <laughs> so.
0: What is it like? Uh, I can't even remember. Philactides something. I don't even remember. Nefertiti.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like Nefertiti or Aphrodite or something like that. Yeah. Something, something. Yeah.
0: I'll play the clip. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, would you like to take us out?
1: Okay Please enjoy a song from the lesbian Afro-Norwegian funk duo Nefertiti's Fjord Oh wow, they are terrible
0: Oh yes, they're, they're quite awful But they are lesbians, so Parks and Rec, it's funny stuff Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's really hard for me to wrap my head around world music in general. It kind of annoys me. I feel like it has to have more of a melody. Um, Frankly, it's hard to listen to classical music for a long time unless it's something that I know or unless it's something with a strong melody. I feel like classical music is so um, adventurous that I like the melodies that it uses a lot of the times, but then it just seems to drop that melody and go to a completely different place, and it just, it's too much for me. Like, I can only listen to it in short bursts. Um, I'm not a big fan of rap or hip-hop or whatever you want, R&B. You know, I, I don't even know the differences between those terms. I understand that R&B was actually like a very soulful kind of jazzy genre. It's not really what it is today. No. Yeah, you say R&B and you could mean rap. I I have no idea. I'm not immersed in that world. Though there are some artists that I do like. Um, There's a spoken word artist that I like a lot called Propaganda. He's really cool. Um, The latest King's Kaleidoscope record has a lot of hip-hop influence, which is pretty cool. But generally i'm not i'm not big on that genre i also did not grow up listening to the standard kind of radio stations i listened to like christian stations or my dad was super into what he terms avant-garde music so basically like prog rock or jazz fusion or stuff like that which i absolutely love now though i didn't necessarily appreciate when i was younger um so I'm a weird dude. Like you can you can sing like a super uh popular eighties tune and I'll recognize it at the chorus, but I don't really know the song hardly at all. So even though I'm a music guy, like there's a lot of pop tunes that I don't really recognize. My dad had a thing against pop in general. He's just like, that's too it's too like mainstream, it's too <laughs> Because he, because he likes these genres that are are more left of center, um, you know, Grateful Dead, yes, Rick Wakeman, um, uh, Al Dimiola, Return to Forever, stuff like that. Um, he felt like the three minute pop songs just was not a good. He just wouldn't wouldn't waste his time on that stuff, and so like he pretty much whole handedly dis, um, uh, disregarded the Beatles. Because he felt like they were just another pop band, so I don't know very many Beatles tunes. Oh no, <laughs> you can't be a music guy and not worship at the altar of the Beatles. What's wrong with you? <laughs> eh. eh.
1: Yeah, I mean the Beatles are fun to listen to, but I wouldn't. I don't know. No, they Samantha, are vastly overrated. They are the
0: best, the best band of all time that ever will be I, ever, no. ever ever ever. Those Them words and will their, never come out. Their my brother mouth. band, Nirvana. Also, best Ew, band of all what? time ever that everyone <laughs> worships.
1: No. So overrated. Most horrible voice. Yeah. So annoying. Anyways,
0: now that we've pissed off a bunch of people <laughs> who like music, who are like, hey, this episode's about music, I'm going to listen to it. No, yeah. we're just like dissing their bands.
1: You, I guess you could sort of call us music snobs. We've. I we, mean if we've you, been termed that before
0: <laughs> yeah I guess if you want to I, I um, take a slight offense to that term but whatever if you think we are then whatever I mean so what's your musical we, background why do you like music
1: well it's funny because my musical upbringing is like the complete opposite of yours <laughs> like I grew up Listening to the radio, that's what we listened to. And it was mostly country music, actually. Um, so I grew up listening to, like, late 80s and 90s country music. The Wishes Boo. That was not one of the songs, no. <laughs> that's an SNL sketch. Um, But, yeah, so that's something that I'm really nostalgic for. I've noticed that lately, that, like, I... Most of the music that I listen to now is stuff that I grew up on. So it's like 90s country music or like 90s pop or early 2000s.
0: You and me both, sister. That's why I'm listening to all these like Genesis records lately. (laughs) Yeah, basically everything that I just said yes and Genesis and Altoniola and Return to Forever. Like, that's why I'm getting Mm -hmm. back into it.
1: Yeah, but. Well, it's funny because, yeah, growing up, I grew up on the radio, but now I don't listen to it at all. And so you could sing a song that's been on the radio for probably the past, like, I don't know, seven years, and I wouldn't know what you're saying, most likely. Um, so that, that's been a change. <laughs> But mostly just because, yeah, my taste changed as I got older and I got to appreciating music more and the details that go into music, the the musicality of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, I was in choir a lot. So vocalists are really what I focus on, I guess you could call me a vocalist snob i don't know i'm i am super picky though about vocalists um
0: especially women
1: especially women vocalists being a woman vocalist i'm very picky (laughs) about women vocalists yes um and having all the training that i have had it's really easy for me to pick out like a wrong note or someone who's flat or just really being able to tell that there's auto-tune on their voice and it bugs me. Um which is a big reason why I don't listen to the radio nowadays. Um so yeah. Now if I if I listen to music that is out now, it's usually like folk music or um, like King's Kaleidoscope or Citizens and Saints or Keith and Kristen Getty,
0: To worship music. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually listened to, I guess, quote unquote, secular music much lately. That's
0: not true. We went on a walk the other day and you put on the 80s station. Oh,
1: that is true.
0: And you listen to that a lot. 80s and 90s, dance parties. I've come home to them multiple times.
1: Oh, no, that was Motown the other day that I had on.
0: Okay. But before that, you've yeah, you've played Pandora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you listen to Pandora a good amount. It's not that you don't listen to secular music, it's just... It sounds like you're listening to it as background music. Yeah, that's what it is. For the music when itself. I actually
1: intentionally listen to music, it's usually worship music. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, just having something on in the background that I'm not really intentionally listening to. <laughs> yeah,
0: I have this thing uh, about how you listen to music. Um, it it came out. I, I you know if anyone knows, I had a, another podcast a while ago where I picked apart a couple albums that I liked, but it didn't last too long. Um, But I explained it there. Uh, I think there are multiple ways to listen to music, um, and primarily I think of two different ways. There's hearing music, so you have music on in the background, and you're hearing the melody, you know, you can get the beat, you can kind of, you can hear it, you can sing along to it if you want to. There's hearing music, but then there's also listening to music, where you actually intentionally try and listen to what's going on in the song listen to the lyrics and what are what they're trying to say with the song you're listening for the different aspects of the song like you said the musicality of the song it's very different than hearing and just having something on in the background yeah so so even like i would say if you're watching a movie most of the time you hear the music in the movie and that's used to bring out the emotion um, in the different scenes mm-hmm. whereas I, I think rarely ever do i listen to the music in a movie um unless i'm, because that's I'm not intentionally focus, analyzing yeah. it right right yeah it's it's there to 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 bring out that emotion and to mm-hmm. push you in a certain direction but um it's not there for you to pick out exactly the notes that are being played but yeah so um, I, I gave you kind of a, a primer of what I listened to as a kid. I mean, my musical journey after that, after what what my dad listened to, uh, not Journey. I would not recommend anyone listen to Journey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Except when you go to karaoke. Well, yeah, a good time yeah, in that case. Listen that's to okay. some Journey.
0: Um, or if it's on Scrubs, then you can sing along to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, Um So, gosh, uh, we did listen. So my dad listened to all that avant-garde stuff. Uh, My mom primarily just listened to worship music around the house and Christian radio. So when I first started listening to music intentionally, it was just the Christian radio station because that was on. I would pick out songs that I'd like and, and record them to cassette tape. For anyone who still remembers what that is, <laughs> uh, and then the whole the internet thing came along, and Napster, and Kazaa, and LimeWire, and Morpheus, and all that fun stuff, and I'd make mix CDs of uh, just like sappy Christian bands and what they what they were putting out at the time. But as I grew older, probably around middle school or so, um, I started getting into heavier music um, again, primarily Christian, because that's kind of just what I thought I was supposed to listen to but the band that really um kind of that I really kind of clung to when I started listening to quote unquote secular music or music that's not christian um it, what really drew me to that type of music was like the honesty in their lyrics so like not that christian bands aren't honest but most christian bands on christian radio Say 99% of them, even if they have like, even if they're singing a song that's kind of difficult um, or talking about hardship, there's always the end of the song that's just like, but Jesus made it better, you know, to where like it can be a good song, but the end goal of the song is like to bring hope and to say, oh, it's not that bad. Come on, kid. Whereas the music that I really started getting into in high school was talking about kind of the realities of life and
1: emo music. Emo
0: music, yes, <laughs> teen angst. You know, that's that's the stuff I really. So uh, I know it's not cool to say, but like the first uh, secular band that I really got into was Lincoln Park and their their album Hybrid Theory. Just the heaviness of that album compared to what I had been listening to, you know, Christian pop and Christian rock. Along with the lyrics that were pretty like self deprecating and talking about just how difficult life was, I really kind of um, connected with that. And so that started me down my path of getting into like heavier music, more like punk inspired music. Um, And gosh, so then, yeah. As I got older, then the then the term emo came around. I mean emo had been around, but I wasn't I wasn't listening to much indie music at the time. It, emo came from the indie scene and then kind of turned into this uh, uh it got co opted by the radio and now apparently like Fallout Boy is emo. I don't know. <laughs> um I mean it's pop punk, but anyways, um Yeah, so I got into just, like, heavy rock music. I was really focused in, like, the lyrics. And the combination of the intensity and that kind of heart on the sleeve, kind of, like, just letting it all out there, and the live shows where, you know, you'd just be drenched in sweat and people would be throwing themselves on each other, you know, whether it's in the mosh pit or the people on stage, just, like... um, Their performances were very unscripted and just like they they were so consumed with emotion that it, I, I guess you could say they looked stupid, you know, doing what they were doing, but they didn't care that they were looking stupid because they were just so consumed by what the song was about and the heaviness of the song and the way that it made you feel and stuff like that really impacted me. So I feel like, I feel like that raw emotion that you find in the punk and emo scene in the rock scene is what really attracted me to that music in general. And so that's kind of the stuff that I gravitate towards. I'm always looking for that type of emotion and, mm-hmm. and just honesty and realness in the music that I listen to. Um, but as I've grown up, I've, I've definitely appreciated musicality much more. You know, the thing about emo is that it it's intentionally pretty simple. Um, because it's much more about the emotion than it is about playing your instrument super well. Um, Even if your instrument is vocals, (laughs) you know, that's why you get all the nasally voice singers because it doesn't matter that they don't sing. Well, it's what matters is that they're, they're shouting their confessions at the top of their lungs. You know,
1: it matters to me.
0: I know. I know. I'm (laughs) saying for that genre, that's what, that's what they're going for. Um, anyways, so, I mean, I guess you could call me an emo kid. <laughs> emo wasn't really a thing when I was growing up until like late, the later end of high school, then I was definitely an emo kid. It was more goth when I was younger, mm, but, uh, yeah, grunge. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, and then I got a lip piercing and I've had it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it just looks so cool. Yeah.
1: I didn't grow up on Christian music at all like listening to christian radio or anything like that so like in small group when y'all bring up like something like what band was it that y'all were talking about it was it dc talk or something oh like yeah that? Mm-hmm. yeah because kevin
0: max played at our church yeah <laughs> last easter yeah
1: <laughs> and just like i don't know singing songs by them like I have no idea what's happening. I don't know what this is. <laughs> it song is kind is. of
0: surreal being behind the soundboard for like people and working with people who I used to like. No, not idolize. I I didn't idolize DC Talk at all, but just <laughs> like they were just untouchable, you know, they were like these human beings that are just so far removed from regular existence. Now that I hang out with musicians a lot, it's like musicians are just people. I don't know. It's yeah. not a big deal. So it yeah, it's 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 a strange thing, yeah. So all that to say, if you do, I mean, I'm sure anyone listening to this knows me, but if you don't, like, I really got into music in high school, and after high school, I pursued, um, you know, I went to community college for music. I wanted to, I wanted to perform. I wanted to be in a band, but going to school, I really fell in love with audio in general, just sound, and um, started working towards a, a audio engineering degree. Um, and then we got together and we got married and and that made much more sense, much more, uh, it was a much more stable lifestyle of, (laughs) of running audio and doing sound, uh, versus like performance. So, um, yeah, now I work at a church as the AV tech on staff. So I do audio and video and lighting. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, kind of a dream job in a way, (laughs) which is pretty awesome. I've been super blessed.
1: Yeah, that's for sure.
0: So I still, I still dig music. (laughs) It's still a big passion of mine.
1: Yeah. And we write on occasion. We haven't in a while, but yeah. Yeah. So I think the most important thing about music to me would be lyrics. Okay. As I've gotten older, that's the thing that's really become most important to me. Um, because, well, especially in in the realm of worship music. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, yeah, I'll throw on a Pandora station with 80s music or 90s music and not pay attention to the lyrics, yep. <laughs> like just to listen to it for fun, you know, but <clears throat> excuse me. But when it comes to worship music, music that I'm actually going to use to worship God with, the lyrics really matter to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that they they should matter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> when you're definitely. talking about God, <laughs>
0: definitely, definitely. So uh, I think that's genre dependent. Um, I think some bands, I really appreciate the lyrics. Some ba- I mean, I I also enjoy instrumental music too for yeah. different reasons. So some bands I, I just listen to for the musicality. Um, some bands I listen to for that emotion. Like, there are some really striking elements in um, uh, a band that I had recently gotten into called The Wonder Years. They have an album called The Greatest Generation. Um, and it has some very vulgar moments, but it's very raw and emotional. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's just pretty much just what I was talking about earlier with emotion. Um, but there there are different things that I take from different bands, from different songs. I think lyrics are a big part of it, but you also kind of... I, I think it depends on the genre. It depends on why you're listening to the music. It depends on what you're listening for. Um, so some bands that I like, I don't even know what they're talking about most of the time. I just really like the music um, or I really like the emotion or I really like, you know, something else about the band. Singer has a really good voice, you know. Um, but I agree, especially in worship music, that the lyrics are the key. Um, and so I guess we can transition into just talking about worship music If you want to, Um, I think there's a lot to be said about music in general, but I think um, as my views of music have not necessarily changed, but as I've kind of like thought about music more and kind of picked it apart um, before we go headlong into discussing worship music, I think there are a few things that we need to, to kind of lay down as a foundation But the first thing uh, I think is that music is an emotional medium. And now I just remembered the other thing that I was going to (laughs) say. Music is an art form. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as we, we kind of, I use this term a lot, jump down the rabbit hole and we start taking a look at music. I think we have to understand that we can't pick apart everything about music because it's art. Like mm-hmm. you can't just coldly dissect art, right? Like art has uh, it affects people in different ways and mm-hmm. for different reasons. You know, purely like you talked about nostalgia. You, you enjoy the nostalgia from listening to old music. Uh, that that's part of it also, and th- and it affects people in different ways. And so, even though like these are kind of our perspectives on what music is, um, there's so much about it that we can't say. Um, and I think that just makes it all the more interesting and and so much more um, awesome as a media, as a form as a medium, excuse me, as a form of media that something that God created, you know, sound waves, just just tingling things in the air <laughs> that that tickle your eardrum can be so powerful and communicate so much. Like it's it really is amazing. It's not a mistake that strings tuned a certain way and playing certain notes in succession makes you feel something. Mm-hmm. Like how amazing is that? Like how can you say that that, that that's just random chance? It, it, oh man, I, I just think it's amazing that music has this power. And that was the second part is that music is an emotional medium So um, one thing that one of our music directors at church told me that has really stuck with me, and maybe it's overstating it a little bit, but he said that just like words communicate truth and ideas, music communicates emotion. So I think you can play a certain chord or play a certain set of chords and you feel something, um, I think you know, I was kind mm-hmm. of downing classical music earlier, but seriously, if you put on certain suites, a, a box suite, I-, I don't understand how you can listen to that and not feel something. You know, there's something communicated there. there's emotion that's communicated, even if it, um you know, even if it's like jangly upbeat music, you feel. That you feel the emotion from that. I uh, I listen to one band in particular that's kind of like thrash punk. It's called a Wilhelm Scream, and when I listen to that, I just get pumped. I mean, it's like <laughs> I just drank a Red Bull. Um, I've listened to it at like five in the morning just so that I can get out of bed and like start my day, um, because it's just that emotion that it hits you with. Um, so that said. that idea of music communicating emotion. I think music is such a powerful medium that we do have to be careful with how we use it. I think as an art form, you can certainly um, use it in different ways. You can tell stories and use music to make people, to attempt to make people feel a certain way. I think you can even do things that are kind of discordant and make people feel some way. You can have lyrics that are just horribly uh, nihilistic and have a very upbeat sound to your song. And that gives you this, um, this strange feeling of like, oh, I feel happy, but this song is so despairing. Um, and that's kind of cool, just the dichotomy within a song like that. But when we take a look at worship music, uh, while I think there are elements that can be used like that, I think we also have to be very careful because it can be very dangerous to use something so powerful um, to communicate something. Mm -hmm. It looks like you were going to say something about that.
1: Well, no, I mean, I just I I agree. I mean, you can't, you can't really have a worship song that has, like, somber lyrics and have, like, a really up-tune, like, upbeat, you know, like...
0: Melody. M-
1: yeah, and major chords, and, like, and it, it. it's just... Thick it, backbeat. Yeah, it's just confusing. Yes, confusing. And you That's don't want to be confused while <laughs> you're worshiping God. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, actually there's a song that Derek Webb just released that, um, I think kind of does that where most of the song seems like it's a, a worship, like a standard kind of worship song, but then he reveals at the end spoilers. Um, I would say, go listen to it. It's called the spirit breaks the curse. Pause this and listen to it. (laughs) Okay. Spoilers. The song is actually about alcohol. And so he's just, I think what he's saying with that song is that sometimes our lyrics are so vapid in our modern worship context that uh, we could be singing to anything. Like we can use those same terms with anything and it still makes sense. And I think that's kind of a, um, a really strong kind of rebuke. Like, God is so much more than these other things, than the things that he gives us, you know, than the blessings that we have. I think alcohol is a blessing, um, though you can turn it into a God. So, I mean, there's also that that sense that the song is talking about idolatry. Um, but I, I think it's also a call to like, hey, when you're writing worship songs, if you write worship songs, if that's what you do, like make them explicitly about God. <laughs>
1: Like, I wouldn't put too much stock in what Derek Webb says. Well, nowadays, yeah, that's,
0: well, that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> there's a lot there. I I need to listen to his latest record. Um, but what I've, what I've heard from it is very. Um, heartbreaking. I'll just put it there. I'll just leave that there. Um, where was they going with that? It was just the whole dichotomy between how you use the music and how you use the lyrics and, and the danger there so my philosophy on worship music in general our church is like most modern churches in that we have a full band you know i would say a rock band most of the time um but they certainly i mean our our music directors are great in getting different styles of music so whether there's like a latin styled song um we do those you know we have percussionists in the band sometimes saxophone players in the band like it's it's varied but i'd say kind of your core just kind of rock band plays music in the, in our contemporary services and then we also have a traditional service that has orchestra choir mm-hmm. um which organ. is really cool organ piano yeah um but my philosophy on mu so i'm not i'm not against instruments in worship I think it's it's inherent when God tells us to sing songs. I think it's kind of inherent that you would use musical instruments to do that. Um, you know, they did that in the Old Testament when we see that. Uh, we don't necessarily see that in the New Testament, but I, I think it. I, I just think that they that, go hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. That. So when you're singing songs, you use instruments, anyways. Um, so I'm all for instruments in worship. I'm all for whatever sounds you want to make. So, you know, I'm I'm not against drums. <laughs> um,
1: or distortion.
0: Or distortion or um, a keyboard. I mean, loops, if you want to put loops in there. But I think the focal point, as you said earlier, is the lyrics. So when you come together as a congregation to worship God, that your primary purpose in singing these songs together is to sing truth together. Whether that truth is sung towards God or whether it's sung towards each other about God, the focal point of the reason that you sing is to sing truth. So I think the lyrics of the song are the absolute most important thing about the song. I think that the music that you employ to sing those lyrics should uh, reflect yes the emotion of
1: this of the lyrics
0: exactly and help carry along what the lyrics are saying. Um, so one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about music is because I've been reading the Religious Affections, and um, he makes a statement. Jonathan Edwards makes a statement in that book. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but something to the effect of that some people will say that you're not supposed to incite emotion when you're, um, I, I don't remember if he was talking about preaching or if he was talking about music in general, but he's basically saying, why, why would you not incite emotion? Emotion is a good thing that God gives us, and we ought to feel the words that we say, um, whether it's whether it's scripture in preaching or whether it's singing a song, I think we ought to feel what we're singing as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with music driving certain emotions, like pushing you towards certain emotions when you sing. I think the danger is that the reason you feel those emotions is because of the music. I think right. that's 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 the problem. Is that some uh, some songs are geared that way to where you know there's a pad played at the beginning and it's in a minor you know it's a minor um, chord progression yeah. or and the so, song
1: is only like five words just repeated over and over and over and over yeah, again yeah but it has like all these musical dynamics and swells and yeah
0: yeah you you get into dangerous territory I think when you're just using the music to incite emotion because again i think music is such a powerful medium and uh people connect with music people connect with the feelings that they get from music and so if you're using that to drive people and not the truth of the words that you're singing then their connection with the song and with the way that they worship God is emotion and not truth. Um, yeah. and and some people just, you know, they they listen to the emotion in a song and they want to sing that song, and the song doesn't have much of anything to say about God. Uh, it It just gives them a certain feeling. and And then people get used to feeling mm-hmm. instead of worshiping, as the scripture says, in spirit and in, in truth. truth, yeah, and they just wanna worship in spirit, in feeling, in emotion. And um, then difficult times come and they think that because they don't have the emotion that it's not true worship. And that's not true. Um, I, I said that we ought to feel the things that we sing. Sometimes we don't. And sometimes we have to repent of that, mm-hmm. that our hearts are cold. But what's anchoring us is the truth not the emotion. Yeah. Because emotion, yeah, it it comes and goes. ebbs and flows. Exactly. Um so, while I think that we should use music when we sing, and I think it's good to use music that is uh, that brings out emotion, I think that emotion should primarily be found in the the words and the music should be underlying that. And um, it should be in service to the lyrics of the song, because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, it's it's very dangerous.
1: Yeah, which is why we have to have discernment when we listen to Christian radio mm-hmm. and make sure that the lyrics are actually true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cuz way too often they are not. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, and it's
0: funny too because I feel like I I used to annoy you with how picky I was with worship music, and now I feel like you have gotten more picky than me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm probably more picky than you are.
0: Um Yeah. Yeah, I remember I used to it used to kind of get on your nerves. When you'd sing a song, then I'd be like, ah, I don't know that, that everything that the song is saying, I don't know that that song says things very well.
1: Yeah. Well, because what I was focusing on then, unfortunately, was just the melody. And I liked mm-hmm. to sing the yeah. song. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's sort of, that's changed <laughs> yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. As I've grown. Well, and that's why we- have been we've, sanctified. Yeah. More and more.
0: And that's why we we've brought up a couple bands already um that we like in that genre. King's Kaleidoscope and
1: Citizens and Saints. Citizens mm-hmm. and Saints. Dustin Kensrue, Yeah. The good one. Um Keith and Christy Getty.
0: Yeah. Um and th- and those are bands and Artists who I think are doing a really good job with both of those, um, both the musicality and the words, singing truth. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it's just not as as common as we would like it to be. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of another uh, my my view on when we're singing songs. Perhaps I'm a little too. Um, Liberal with my, with allowing these things. But my view is that you take a song on its own terms. And so I think even bands that I would not recommend, um, frankly, bands that come from crazy churches, (laughs) um, that some of their songs may still be good songs. And that the truth that is found in those songs, I think, is still worth singing Mm -hmm. corporately. Um, so I would take each song at its own, like at its own value. Like in, I would individually, um, look at each song and see if it's worth singing. Um, I understand the danger of that is that people are going to see that song and be like, Oh, um, Bethel church sings this song. I'm going to go listen to, to their albums. And then they Take a look at their church and then see all the crazy, um, sneaky things that that church does. <laughs> um, so I understand that that's, that's dangerous as well. Um, I would say that you ought to lead your congregation in a way that, that you would kind of make that clear that, um, you're not endorsing the band that wrote the song, but, um, that, certain songs by crazy churches are still okay to sing if they're singing truth. Right. For instance, I mean, Bethel uses scripture in a lot of their songs Mm -hmm. and that's totally cool. You can take their melodies and sing it to, to these scriptures. Like I, and they're good songs. Uh, we sang a song this past Sunday from Elevation Church. You know, you can, which uh, one was that? Oh, come to the altar.
1: Oh, was that the offertory?
0: No, it was at the very end. Oh, It was after the sermon. Because our pastor preached on being a living sacrifice and placing yourself on the altar. Um, and staying on the altar, not getting off, but like living your entire life as a sacrifice to hmm. Jesus. And um, so that song was talking about coming to the altar. Now, the song may have been penned talking about you know like altar calls and and coming to Jesus in that sense but um what after coming after the message that's talking about living your life as a sacrifice um the song is okay. geared towards Okay. Cuz
1: I was kind of confused. I didn't know the song. So I was just like standing there reading the lyrics pretty okay. much while they were singing it. Yeah. But yeah, I was every time it said altar I was like what? Oh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's. It, I mean, with the sermon, it's talking about living a life yeah. of repentance and. Living but I was also like nursing
1: a baby while the sermon was going on, so I wasn't really able to. I gotcha. was in a different room. wasn't really <laughs> able to pay attention to the sermon, so I didn't get the correlation.
0: Gotcha. So, um, yeah, that, that's my take on it. I understand that not everyone will agree with me, and that's okay. Um,
1: yeah, I mean. Just in general, on my own time, I tend to just stay away from those those bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it does kind of bother me that we sing their songs. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because there's just so many other bands and artists out there that have great music with great lyrics. And I'm yeah. like, why? why would we just, why would we waste our time on these other bands? Yeah. But it's because they're really popular and people know the lyrics.
0: Yeah, that's a whole other aspect. Now we're moving from just worship music in general to leading worship and how you choose songs. And I guess I kind of already touched on that. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there, there is a sense in which you do want to sing the songs that the people are listening to. Um, and now, not, not at the expense of truth, like not a song that is completely uh, devoid of anything, of any substance. But I think there is a, um, there's a sense in which you want to sing along with what people are are singing and and you want to sing songs that people know um, so that they can sing along with you. I I think that is- People
1: know hymns.
0: Exactly. And hymns are great. Well, Okay, so this is what I'm going with, is that originally a lot of old hymns were set to tunes that were very common, like- songs that people would sing in the pub Mm -hmm. that would have just standard melodies. You know, Amazing Grace is in Common Meter, Mm -hmm. which it was just a very common tune that you wrote songs to and so the church took those tunes that people knew because people didn't have radio and cd players (laughs) (laughs) so you already know these melodies and they wrote songs they kind of parodied the songs that were common except they were common melodies not necessarily common songs and they would write these songs so that people already knew the melodies they just infused new truth not new truth but they infused truth into these melodies that people already knew, and so in a modern context, I think you can take songs that people already know, uh, and that it's beneficial to sing songs that people already know. So long as it the that, that songs so are long true, as true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, worship in spirit and in truth, yeah, uh, like the scripture says. But yeah. So we, we we like music a lot. We have a lot of thoughts on music. This was just kind of a little, I, I don't know if you get this from us all the time, but we are music people. <laughs> I mean, like my job, uh, my favorite part of my job is on Sunday mornings behind the soundboard mixing. Um, You know, Sam's been in choir all her life, basically, <laughs> as long as she was in school. And she's still singing. So like music is very important to us, even if um, it looks different at different points in our life. <laughs> so we have a lot of thoughts on music and this is just a little bit of it. And I'm sure, you know, I said things that you disagree with and I'm sure I've said things incorrectly that made sense in my head, but didn't make sense when it came out of my mouth. <laughs> so we'll probably return to it later, but music but yeah. is cool.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't. I like I didn't want this to be like a complaining, bashing, bad bands time. Nah. So I'm glad that we avoided that. No. Yeah.
0: Well, we're going to have to wrap up.
1: Um, Ollie's so awake even now. Though, yeah,
0: Ollie is awake. Oh, no. <laughs> you might have heard him already singing in his room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, even though I did have a couple other things we could talk about, we'll just have to wait till later to talk about those. But do you have any recos before we head out?
1: Oh, recco, recco, recco. Um, I mean, I definitely recommend listening to those bands that we suggested. Um, but also, I don't know. You go first. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to try and think of some.
0: Okay, so um, we mentioned earlier in the podcast um, if you're a fan of like 80s and 90s country music, that there is an amazing skit that SNL did called The Wishing Boot. So go on YouTube's search for The Wishing Boot SNL and it'll pop up and watch that sucker because it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> really? That's your
0: record? <laughs> that was one of them. I have another one, okay? I'm waiting oh, okay. for you. <laughs>
1: Um, I recommend. Oh man, I thought something was going to come out of my mouth.
0: You're just like Michael Scott. You just <laughs> started talking and you thought that it would come to you as you kept talking. But it didn't. But it didn't. Or was that Leslie? Nope.
1: That was Leslie. I don't nope. know.
0: They're so similar.
1: That was Leslie.
0: Okay. There we go. Okay. Well, I've got one more Reco. And that is an album that I've listened to um, in the past couple years that um, really blew me away with the guy's vocal performance. So I was talking about hearing and listening earlier. When I listened to this album, what really stood out to me is the way that this man sings and not necessarily the notes. Obviously, he's on pitch because it's an album you know it's a recorded album so they'd redo it if he wasn't on pitch but the performance so the emotion in his voice when his voice is so low that it just seems to crackle and go away and then he can belt it out at other points but this album is called ledges by a guy named noah gunderson fantastic album it's a
1: really good album
0: it's kind of it's kind of folky singer-songwriter-y Um, but it is really good. You know, I don't agree with everything on the album, obviously, but the album is just so good. I would highly recommend it. If you can't listen to the entire album, I think one of the songs that exemplifies it. Oh gosh, I don't even know the name of the song. I Mm -hmm. think it's either called Isaiah or it's called, um, fear thou not, Mm. I think. But that one, I I think it exemplifies just the emotion that he uses, that he employs with his voice, Um, which is a really cool. It's something I hadn't really thought about until I listened to this album was just the performance, just how they captured the way that he sung these songs and how powerful it makes these songs that are kind of sparse musically, which is really cool. Mm. Ledges, Noah Gunderson, listen to it. (laughs)
1: Okay, so I do actually have a recommendation. Um, So me being a a vocalist, a very picky vocalist, especially with female voices, um, my favorite female voice um, is uh, Stacy King. She was in uh, she was in Isley, um, but now she is in a band with her husband Darren King from mute math um called sucre and i love her voice i mean her she's always been really good but with sucre because she is the only vocalist like you really get to hear everything that she can do
0: Mm -hmm. and And, her style yeah is much more evident Uh
1: and i just love it i love it so much So, yes. Good stuff. Recommend Stacey King. The album you listen
0: to a lot is called A Minor Bird.
1: Yes. That's our first one. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: I think they've put out an EP since then. But yeah. Sucre. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you've enjoyed us ramble on about music and say um a lot.
1: Lord, I was born a rambling man.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay, till next time. See ya. Goodbye.